I'm a little bit of a mess. I mean, seeing my two daughters up here singing, uh, you know, I, I cried a lot. Um, they had me crying this morning when they gave me their, uh, their Father's Day gift. So, um, you know, every chance I get, I, I tell my daughters, um, it's oftentimes before bed, you know, I say to them, you're my intelligent, beautiful, strong confident, cool princesses, and daddy loves you. And I want that to ring in their heads long after I'm gone from this earth. Amen? Amen. Um, but, but we're here to, to talk about our Heavenly Father and, and his goodness today. Um, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to gather. We thank you for your people, Father. I ask that um, these words be your words, um, that they're heard in the way that you intended them to be heard, Father God. I just ask that you just um, bless our hearts, open our minds, and and just allow us to um, hear your words. Bless your people, bless every child, bless every man, bless every woman to do your work, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, and first, I just, I want to I wanna thank Bishop, um, you know, for, for all that, that he does. Um, you know, he's been my spiritual father for, you know, over 15 years, um, and, and my family, my entire family has been blessed by just this opportunity to be here and and to learn and to grow um, through his wisdom and leadership, and so uh, let's just give him a hand because I, I thank I thank God for him. <clears throat> you know, I, 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 there's been times where uh, you know he's asked me to do something, and in my head I'm like, "Yo, I'm busy." Um, <laughs> but but just like this time, um, it's been a blessing to me to actually write these words. Uh, I, I didn't realize it, but I, I had some things to work through. This this might be a little bit of a different talk, so uh, I apologize in advance. But um, hopefully, you'll be blessed by it in the way that that, that I have been just by by writing the words. Um, so please just roll with me. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of of studying uh, history, particularly individuals um, and their big successes and, and failures. Um, it's my belief that um, you know whatever you're trying to do, you know, one of the hundred and eight billion people that have inhabited this earth, um, they've tried something similar to that, and and many of them have actually written their story. And, and and there's there's a lot that we can learn by looking at the path of other people. 
you know, it, it can be, you know, raising a child. It could be uh, how to how to play golf, um, buying a car, you know, for the married folks that are in the room. If you're trying to figure things out in the bedroom, there are great Christian books uh, for that. I just want to make sure y'all are awake. Are you, are you, are you, are you with me? <laughs> but, but seriously, there are great Christian books um, for that. Don't, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Your progress will be much faster. And so when, when I was praying about what winning looks like, I was led to Joseph, the great-grandson of Abraham. So the, the title of my message is, What Winning Looks Like Knowing That God Is Good. If we want to win, God gives us some, some great case studies. Joseph's life is described in Genesis chapters 30 through 50. And I'm going to give you a brief summary um, of that uh, in just a second. Um, but, but I've got a second text. If, if Brother Chandler, right there, um, if you could turn to Deuteronomy 8. Did you, I was going to say, did you memorize it? Okay. The <laughs> <laughs> scholar. So Deuteronomy 8, in the message version. Keep and live out the entire commandment that I am commanding you today so that you'll live and prosper and enter and own the land that God promised to your ancestors. Remember every road that God led you on for these 40 years in the wilderness, pushing you to your limits, testing you so that he would know what you are made of, whether you will keep his commandments or not. He put you through hard times. He made you go hungry. Then he fed you with manna, something neither you nor your parents knew anything about. So you would learn that man and woman do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of God's mouth. Your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister those 40 years. You learned deep in your heart that God disciplines you in the same way a father disciplines his child. So it is paramount that you keep the commandments of God, your God, walk down the roads he shows you and reverently respect him. God is about to bring you into a good land, a land with brooks and rivers, springs and lakes, Streams out of the hills and through the valleys. It is a land of wheat and barley, of vines and figs, of pomegranates, of olives, oil and honey. It's land where you'll never go hungry. Always food on the table and a roof over your head. It is a land where you'll get iron out of the rocks and mine copper from the hills. Mm. After a meal, satisfied. Bless God, Mm. your God, for the good land he has given you. Make sure you don't forget God, your God, by keeping his commandments, his rules and his regulations that I command you today. Make sure that when you eat, you are and are satisfied, build pleasant houses and settle in, see your herds and flocks flourish and more and more money come in. Watch your standard of living going up and up. Make sure you don't become so full of yourself and your things that you forget God, your God. The God who delivered you from Egyptian slavery, the God who led you through huge and fearsome wilderness, those desolate, arid badlands crawling with fiery snakes and scorpions, Mm. the God who gave you water gushing from hard rock, the God who gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, 
something your ancestors had never heard of, in order to give you a taste of the hard life, to test you that, uh, that you would be prepared to live well in the days ahead of you. If you start thinking to yourself, I did all this, and all by myself, I'm rich, it is all mine, well, think again. Remember your God, <laughs> your God gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant that he promised to your ancestors as it is today. If you forget, forget God, your God, and start taking up with other gods, serving and worshiping them, I'm on record right now as giving you a firm warning. That will be the end of you. I mean it, destruction. You'll go to your doom, the same as the nations God is destroying before you. Doom because you wouldn't obey the voice of God, your God. Amen. Thank you, brother. <clears throat> so j just a, I want to provide a, just a quick summary so we're all on the same page uh, of Joseph's life. Just, just roll with me, okay? Most loved of his father's sons, um, Joseph's father, he let everybody know in, in quite obvious ways, I got a lot of sons, but I love this one right here a lot. That's my boy. His brothers resented him, trapped him, nearly killed him, sold him into slavery. And this was the first mention of human trafficking uh, in the Bible. So you know Joseph had to be like, you've got to be kidding me. The Bible said the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered even in those circumstances. When his master saw that the Lord uh, was with Joseph, he gave him success in everything that he did. Joseph found favor in his master's eyes. You know, as, as, as a side note, um, you know, some of, some of us will be in situations where, as a hypothetical, you, you might be at a job where you feel like you're, you're overqualified. And you're in this position at work and, and feel like it's not right. Um, and you let everyone around you know that you're not happy. But there's something to learn in every situation that you encounter every situation. And, and instead of preparing to win, you know, like if, if you think about gold, the Golden State Warriors, there's, there's plenty of people on that team that sit on the bench, right, that, that could be starters. Do, do y'all watch basketball? Okay. okay. And so there's many people that are sitting on the bench for, for, for days, weeks, games after game after game, and they wait for their number to be called. And then when it's called, they perform. But oftentimes, in, instead of doing that, we get angered by our situations and someone walks in and you give them refried beans instead of pinto beans in the burrito bowl because you're angry. Now, that seems like a very specific example because it is. <laughs> do, things with ex do things with excellence in every situation, and you will be blessed by it. Back to Joseph. His master's wife made false allegations about him because he wouldn't betray his master or God, and those allegations landed him in prison. Things had been going well, but again, Joseph was, was knocked down. Being true, but knocked down nonetheless. Even in prison, the warden showed Joseph favor, and in time, the warden put Joseph in charge of almost everything. 
While Joseph was in jail, two of Pharaoh's officials were put in jail. While there, they had mysterious dreams, and Joseph interpreted them, and those predictions came true. Time passed, and Pharaoh, the ruler of the land, had two terrible dreams of his own. No one in the land could interpret them. The servant that was now working back with Pharaoh suggested that he asked Joseph to interpret the dreams. So Joseph did, saying to Pharaoh, you will have seven years of unbelievable prosperity, followed by seven years of famine through the entire area. Pharaoh made Joseph second in command. As predicted, the success was followed by famine. And then Joseph, Joseph's brothers in a twist, um, were sent to Egypt to, to uh, find grain so that they wouldn't starve. Joseph met with his brothers that had trapped and almost killed him, sold him into slavery, but they didn't know who he was. So he put them, th- he put them through some tests to understand their hearts. Now, this is some 20 years later after being plucked from his home. Later, Joseph calls um, everyone out of a room, out of, out of a meeting that he was in with his brothers. And they had yet to recognize him. And what was his reaction? He wept so loudly that the people in the other room could hear him. Now, I'm just checking. When, when you're harboring anger at someone, resentment, when you see them, do you sob? Joseph had an excuse to seek out revenge. These were the folks that, that sold him into actual slavery. Has anyone seen Django? Yeah, okay. You understand where I'm coming from. Now, I have members of my family that, you know, have, haven't spoken to each other um, in decades, and they, and they don't even remember why. Okay, so this is the part where you can stop texting. See, those are people that were texting. (laughs) Joseph spent 22 years away from his family, sold into slavery, falsely accused, and put in jail. And at this moment, God revealed a truth so amazing that fundamentally applies to all of our lives. There was purpose and meaning in everything that he had experienced. Everything. Genesis 45, 4 and 5 says, Joseph said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. How, how differently would we live our lives if we had the confidence that God is good? The confidence that the things, all things we experience were for the good, that when times were tough, we realized that we were actually getting tougher. When times were tough, we actually realized that we were getting tougher. I know my wife is, is over there right now. We've been married for 18 years. She's saying, Damon, please get to the point. 
We, we've been together so long. Like, she, she's made my life better. My life with her has made me a better man. Um, and, and, and so, you know, I, I hear her voice sometimes even when she's not talking. You know, as, as I've been studying this word, um, you know, I, I've actually had to, to repent. Um, you know, I, I grew up with two parents in Columbus, Ohio, who loved me. Uh, my parents got a divorce uh, when, when I was young. Um, and my mother decided that um, she would move the two of us uh, to Inglewood, California. Um, and this wasn't like that, you know, Snoop Dogg video popping champagne, California. It was more like that boys in the hood, pop, 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 California. Um, we had many financial struggles. Um, my, my new stepfather turned out to be a heroin addict. And everything that came with that, everything. And, and, and as a child, I, I saw things that, you know, uh, no child should, should see. And, you know, w- right before I started high school, you know, I, I would go back and I would visit my father every summer in, in North Carolina. And I decided I'm, I'm living here. I, I made a decision. I, you know, I was old enough now where, you know, I had a little bass in my voice. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm moving in with dad. And so I moved, and then my mother actually shortly followed. Um, I got into college, met the love of my life in college, thrived, you know, um, was elected student body president as a sophomore, graduated, ended up working at the White House, got into Harvard Business School, um, later became a partner at a money management firm. And I have two incredible daughters. Again, my wife is saying, get to the point. Um, A few weeks ago, I flew uh, to Columbus, Ohio to see my first cousin on his deathbed. Um, If you met him back in his heyday, he was that dude. Um, Smooth, tall, waves in the head, you know, constantly had that that brush. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He played the keys, could sing. Ladies loved him. For a variety of reasons, I hadn't seen him in over 25 years. He had become an alcoholic. Um, He had seven children, many of which... um, he didn't have a relationship with. His wife left him in scandal, not watching the show Scandal. His, li- his wife left him in scandal. Fired from his job for drinking. He lost everything. Back in the day, that was the equivalent of my mentor. You know, as, as I stood in that hospital room watching the machines allowing him to breathe with the tubes in his body, hearing the beep, beep, beep. 
in that moment, I realized God had been with me the entire time. That could have been me in that bed. That could have been the story of my life. You know, it, uh, Pastor Robbie on, on our retreat talked about the difference between believing in God and believing God. You know, I, I, I'm giving y'all, I'm not talking about something I got delivered from 25 years ago. This happened three weeks ago. And, and, and why, you know, why writing this has been so powerful for me because most of this I didn't even understand, you know, how, how much I had tucked away in my mind to, to be strong enough to make it through. And, and in that moment that I'm, I'm standing in that hospital room, all the resentment that I have for my mother for 30 years, gone away. What if I understood 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, that God is good? Maybe I'm the only person here that needs to hear this word, but like I said, I wrote this for me. <laughs> so what if I, I truly believed God's purpose was being done and, 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 I, and I looked out on the horizon like a, a wise old captain looking for land, right? That I, I looked out for good. In, in these moments of, of pain and, and, and suffering, I looked out knowing that good is coming. Knowing that good is, is right. It, it might be in the distance, but it's coming. You know, this, this, does, this doesn't just work when you're preparing for famine. <laughs> right? This works in everyday life. Somebody here has lost a job. Somebody here is sick. Somebody here is standing and they feel like they're up against the wall. And, but you do have to understand something about me and the people here that know me know this for a fact. I'm, I'm not one of those people it's like, yo, you know, if I lost my job, then, you know, God's going to send me, you know, a job on Sunday at 3 o'clock as long as I just sit here and wait. It, it'll, it'll, it'll just come. God works that way sometimes, for, for sure. But... You know, one of my favorite verses, and, and, and everybody will, that knows me will know this, is James 2.17. Faith without works 
right? He, he gave me hands. He gave me feet, a creative mind to think. You got to put in some work to get the next thing. Our God is a wise God. I mean, uh, what did David, Moses, Paul, and there, there's many others all, all have in common? I mean, they, they turned out to be amazing men of God, but they all had an excuse to be horrible people. Say to your neighbor, if God could use them, then he can use me. Some of you needed to hear that. The, the devil has convinced many of you that because you come from a long line of misfits, adulterers, alcoholics, liars, cheaters, drug dealers, that you can't be used by God, that you can't bring glory back to God. You have a new bloodline. Today, Father's Day 2016 is the day we move further away from the excuses and closer to what God is calling us to do. God always has a higher purpose, a greater good for our lives in the midst of even the toughest circumstances. He is at work, not just in the circumstances themselves, but in us, shaping us as his sons and daughters to be more usable, beautiful for him. To bring glory, the glory that Brother Troy talked about last week. I'm almost done. You know, I'm now seeing at at this point um, what my purpose is and that my trials and tribulations were not random, that um, they were so I could be a great father to my children so that I could be um, the husband that God has called me to be and prayerfully a real contributor to the greater good. You know, the, the entire point of this is you, you don't have to wait decades to unlock your ability to win. So I just ask that you learn from the case study of Joseph. Winning becomes possible when you understand that God is good. Thank you. Thank you.